Hi, and welcome to the Daring to Leap podcast. I'm your host, Lori Phillip. I'm so excited to dive into this week's episode with you. The new year is almost here. As we dive into the new year with new energy and high hopes, we can find ourselves caught in the cycle of ambitious goal setting, followed by inevitable disappointment. Our special guest, Laura Livingston, is here to discuss how you can create New Year's resolutions and goals that actually stick and learn the common goal setting traps to avoid so that you can soar in 2024. Let's dive in. Our special guest, Laura Livingston, is here. As a fulfillment and success coach, Laura helps driven, world-changing visionaries and entrepreneurs to create more fulfillment, impact, and profit in their work in a way that works best for them. An expert in navigating and creating change, Laura coaches her clients through the pivotal decisions, creative pivots, and business transitions along the journey of doing work they love. Laura's magic is in helping her clients to think differently and think bigger so that they can live and work at their greatest potential. Welcome to the show, Laura. Thank you so much for having me. Really happy to be here. Yeah, it's so awesome to have you here. And I know we've been talking about doing this for a while. So I just really love (laughs) that we're actually doing it. You're here with me on the show. And I think where I want to start off with you, Laura, is you spent 18 years in change management and consulting. Can you walk us through the journey you had to deciding to kind of shift out of that profession and explore something new for yourself? Yeah. And, and, and it really is part of my story because I, I will say, I think the short version of, of how I got into it was I was always really interested in psychology and human behavior. And back then in the 90s, when I graduated from college with a psych degree, like the only thing I knew to do was to be a therapist. And I really seriously yeah. considered it. I, I did a lot of work on the back end to sort of test that out for myself. And it just never felt right for so many reasons. Um, And so I kind of found my way accidentally into recruiting and then into HR and then into change management and consulting. And that made me feel corporate never really resonated with me as a young person, but it made me feel like, okay, it's broader and it's it's more expansive than than I realized and understood from the outside. Just like many things, Mm -hmm. when you go into it, you can understand the the depth and the richness to the opportunities. And, and I felt like, okay, well, this is a place where I can play. This is a place like the people side of the, of the corporation, right? Or the people side of the large business usually was where I was spending my time. Like I still just find that interesting. But over the years, the environment and the nine to five, which was never nine to five, I was always working minimum 50 hour weeks, depending on my career. And the the lack of balance that I had in my life of putting too much pressure on my work or too much time and energy on my work felt got me to a point where I just felt like I was intellectually challenged, but my soul and my true quirky uh, 
creative personality had to wait for the evenings and weekends to be expressed. Mm -hmm. And that just over time was not sustainable for my mental health. And it was not sustainable for my enjoyment in my work. And, and I was honestly not really performing at my potential any longer, those final, that final maybe year or so. And so I leaped, I leapt, right? I, I really, <laughs> I, I walked out the door having honestly no idea what I was going to do next. And I, that worked for me. I am a leaper. I really am. I have moved around a lot. I have made big change in my career. I, I've, I'm somebody who's fairly comfortable with big leaps. And as a single person in my 40s, I have not been married. I have not had children. And I, by choice, and, I, and so I didn't have anybody else to worry about when I yeah. made my crazy decisions. And so I want to just really say, like, you don't need to do it my way to leap mm -hmm. for yourself. But I, this has been a way that I have found change and found my fulfillment in my work. I grew up with a family. My dad was a lawyer and my mom was a teacher. And not because of anything they told me to do, but I just made meaning out of that. Of I can either make money, right, or, or I can do work I love. Mm -hmm. And that mindset kept me in corporate for longer than was supportive for me. And so that's partly why I call myself a fulfillment and success coach now, because in order to leap, I had to decide or want or at least decide that I wanted to believe that I could do both, right, that I could create my own version of fulfillment and success and that I didn't have to choose. And now yeah. I have small businesses to do that as well. What a story, Laura. I just love hearing where everybody was and what really got them to make a shift for themselves. And that point you just made about the mindset of I can either be successful and make money or it's almost like the other side of the coin. I can actually enjoy my work and love what I do. And how did you manage to merge that together for yourself and, and help yourself shift out of this either or mindset and realize that, hey, it is possible to have both and I'm going to go try to do it? Yeah, it, it was a process. And if I'm honest, six years into entrepreneurship, there are still days where this is something that I have to kind of keep bringing myself back to. So. But I think I think the hardest part for me, honestly, was I didn't have any models. I didn't know anyone who seemed to be open what they did and were making a respectable living. And at the time, by the way, I should say at the time when I left my corporate job, I was a single woman in my I always think I was 40 or 41 and I was living in San Francisco. So financially. The, the stress around that was was real. But and so I so I think one, I, I knew I didn't have any models and, and I I've lived my life quite untraditionally as I've gone. And so part of it was just re, reminding myself that my lifestyle has never I don't know anybody who lives exactly the lifestyle that I do. And I created it myself so I could do that for work, too. And I always kind of had this entrepreneurial creative mindset for my life, but I never really 
applied it to my career. And so part of it was, I think, and I think this is really helpful for any mindset challenge anyone's going through, finding something in yourself where you've already done some yes. version of this is so empowering and reminding yourself of like, you actually already probably have the skill. So I think that was one. Another was I, I just felt this weird desire to have models. And so I started watching, and I still to this day, this is one of my favorite pastimes, watching documentaries on not famous people, but really talented, famous people. Yo-Yo Ma, Arnold Schwarzenegger has a, a mm -hmm. documentary out right now. David Beckham's documentary is out right now. Podcasts of people who have done really extraordinary things, people who really are in their zone of genius and living that out at such a, like a, their greatest potential and see, finding that, that within me because everything that those podcasts or books or autobiographies, you can find something to relate to, right? Mm -hmm. And knowing, knowing myself in that moment when I was leaping, they tell their stories of the leap, right? And the zero confidence in the leap or the, I don't know, I, do, I don't know why I know this is going to work. I just know it's going to work. And everybody else is going to tell me that I'm crazy and I'm just committed. I, I know I sound crazy. It's okay. I just know. And I knew I had that in me and I could relate mm -hmm. to that. And so I always encourage people when you don't have a model for something, and this happens a lot when we're doing something really big and different in our careers or when we're starting businesses that never existed before. Yeah. Find, find a model that might just be a model of greatness or a model of the vibe that you're looking for. And that really helped me ground into being able to even put words and a feeling to what I was looking to create for my life. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Laura. Models are so important. Not only um, as inspiration, but also at the end of the day, we're all human. And if one human can do that, barring some like athleticism that's impossible yes. for most of us to do, it's on the table, right? Like, yes. We are, we all, especially if it's something that you want to do, something that you love to do, something that you're passionate about that's where your strengths are anyway. And so keeping that motivation, inspiration alive through other people, I think is a really great idea for sure. So I think we'll shift gears here, Laura. What I really wanted to focus this conversation with you about today is this idea of, okay, it's the end of 2023. I don't know where the year has gone, honestly. It's flown by like a blip, just like every year. And this is the time of year where we start to think about the next year, 2024. New Year's is coming up. We're going to be uh, starting off fresh, clean slate. There's this beautiful energy around the new year and a lot of potential and what, what, what is possible for me next year that we can really tap into? And so what I want to talk to you today about is how can we set ourselves up for success when we start thinking about what we want our year to look like, what our goals are, resolutions, things like that. Because as we know, a lot of the time we set out 
at the beginning of the year to do X, Y, and Z, and we fizzle out by March. And so to start that off, let's just talk about a few of the kind of traps that we've seen people get into as we start to plan our year and start to think about, okay, what is it that I want my year to look like and set my goals around? What have you seen have been some of those traps that people fall into? Yeah, I I think one of the big, there's a lot, but I think one of the biggest ones I see is setting goals for goals sake, looking almost outside of yourself for something that you want to achieve when it doesn't necessarily align back up to who you are and what you deeply, deeply, deeply desire to have or be or experience in your life. I always encourage my clients to define success for themselves, and that might evolve and shift over time. But if you're putting out someone else's or society's goal, you're, as you said a minute ago, talking about like how the love of the work kind of draws you forward and, and motivates mm -hmm. you and keeps you going, it's really hard to do something you don't want to do. Like, it's just really hard. And yeah, discipline and willpower will only take you to maybe the end of January. Yeah. So this is a good one. This is around, okay, so we're we're deciding our goal for next year and our heart isn't into it at the get-go. Mm -hmm. It's not really what we actually want. And I think that's a good one as a starting point. One I'd like to throw in there is choosing too many goals. So I, I, I love to be ambitious. I've done this to myself over and over. And it's like, okay, 2024, I'm going to be as fit as a supermodel and get promoted and this and this and this and this. And that trap, it looks, you look at it and you're like, yeah, that'd be great. I can do all those things. And then the execution of it gets hard. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, all of it falls apart. And in the end, you don't really get to do any of it. So that's, that's another one I'd throw into the, to the mm -hmm. pitfall equation on that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I definitely agree with you on that one. I see that a lot. And, and it comes from such a good place, right? Like great new year. I'm going to do all these things. And then reality sets in, which, which I think brings me to one of the other ones that I see a lot, which is being too extreme on one end of the other related to the planning of accomplishing said goals. So either setting out to accomplish something with no plan, and that kind of almost then means it's more of a wish or a hope mm -hmm. than something you're actually deeply committed to for yourself. Kind of like, I hope I make $40 billion this year. Okay, what's your plan? Right. And I think the other end of the extreme also happens so much, right? Okay, great. I'm going to, to use your example, I'm going to be as fit as a, as a supermodel. Okay. And that means I am going to go to the gym four times a day and I'm going to eat only this. And, I'm, and micro goals underneath that that are so big and so much habit change all at once with such a detailed plan underneath it that it's just like 
you already know once you write it all out, you're not going to get there. No, most <laughs> humans won't, right? And so I think it's yeah. that that no plan or too much of a plan that is just not real in both directions. It's really not realistic. And so it, it means you're, you're kind of accidentally setting yourself up for failing yourself with that goal, as opposed to putting a plan together that is realistic and manageable and bite-sized. And I think mm-hmm. it's also that annual goal that can get too big or too unwieldy because it is, it's hard to think about 12 months from now. Yeah. It's a long time. And it's hard to plan for 12 months from now, right? And so I think jumping ahead, I think one of the answers is like planning bits as you go, planning just enough at a time to make it manageable so that you can adjust. Because you don't really, it's most people, it's really hard to put a 12-month plan together for most. It is. It is. It's hard. We, it's a long time, a lot of variables and who knows where we're going to be next year, this time of year and what what our life's going to look like. And the other pitfall I'd throw in there on the planning is choosing a plan of something that's going to take a lot of willpower because you don't actually want to do it instead of choosing a plan that actually sounds like something you'd want to do. And yeah. um, it's the difference between if we just take like a weight loss goal or a, a fitness goal, it's the difference between deciding you're going to go to the gym every day and run on the treadmill when you actually don't like to run that much, but you do like to hike or you do like to do yoga or you do like it. So it's it's about yes. figuring out the best plan for you to make sure that you're going to get your goal done and it's going to be sustainable in the long run. Absolutely. I think it really is the other thing I'm hearing you say, which is what I see a lot. It's just a mismatch between maybe not even the goal. Maybe the goal makes sense for you, right? And it fits you. But the 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 plan that you go about to accomplish the goal or the strategy, in my case with my mm-hmm. clients, the strategy in your business that you go about to do it isn't something that actually makes sense for your gifts, for your talents, for your style, for your mm-hmm. workload. And so it's sort of making sure that it, if it's misaligned, like you said, like you're just not going to want to keep showing up for it. You might be gung-ho for a few weeks or even a few months at the most. But once you put yourself in a position where discipline and willpower is the only thing that's going to keep you going, it's just not sustainable. And that's like scientifically mm-hmm. proven. It's just not sustainable. So I think that misalignment for you and your life right now. Right. Yeah. Realistic. Like what can you actually accomplish? And I think The last pitfall I'll throw out there is creating, maybe you even create some really solid goals and you create some really solid plans and you integrate it into your schedule and you know exactly how you're going to do it, but you didn't really let go of anything else that was on your plate. And so all of a sudden you're just adding, 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 adding to your list and now, even though you have a great plan, you don't really have the space for it and something's got to give. And, and so that one I've seen quite a bit for not only myself, but for others, because we love to do more. I mean, we love to, 
to, to, to have goals and, and put more on our plate. And we're just not as disciplined at taking things out, Absolutely. letting things go. Absolutely. We don't always know how to set up just the boring elements of time management and scheduling. Nobody wants to talk about that, but it's really important because you are saying no to something else, whether you mm-hmm. love it or not. Yeah. Whether whether or not you're intentionally saying no or if it's just falling through the cracks and then you're feeling mm-hmm. guilty about it. And then there's this ripple effect and how that affects you and your stress level and all that kinds of things. So let's, yeah. Laura, let's talk about intentionally setting ourselves up for success. At the top level, yeah. it's the new year. Let's just walk through a process that somebody could follow from the start. And we'll just we'll just decide that our listeners are thinking about one goal right now for 2024. Mm-hmm. And let's talk through how they might set it up in such a way that that will be successful for them. I have a lot of things to say, and we'll just get to whatever we get to today. But I, I think we've already started to touch on this, but I just want to highlight it and, and make, a, make a point with it, which is making sure that this makes sense for you. And, and I think in some ways it starts with defining success for yourself, right? Or defining, as you said, like if we're just picking one goal to start, defining one goal and like what's underneath that for you. So if you want to make more money or you want to switch careers or you want to spend more time with your family, why? What's the purpose underneath it? What's the, what's the reason or the reasons or the quality that you want to feel and experience in your life, like deep in your soul, that's going to support you on those days where you don't really want to do the thing that you said you were going to do, right? Because you're going to have those days, even if you're setting up a goal that you really, 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 that aligns to you, that you really want to accomplish, like all of these things. What's the deeper, deeper, one of the questions that I like to ask my client is, what do you really want? I want to make more money. Okay. And what do you really, why? What do you really want under that? And what do you really want under that? And what do you really want to, what do you really want to feel? What do you want to go do? How do you want to spend that? How do you want to feel when you spend more time with your family? What feeling will you have Mm -hmm. when you spend time, more time with your family and less time at work as an example, right? And so really dialing into the emotional, the personal, the like soul craving deal underneath it. Because then it also helps like, oh, you know what? I'm really not that attached to it. Okay, well, let's set another goal, right? Or if you can answer that in a way that almost brings you to tears, you are on to something that will really, mm-hmm. really serve you next year. That is a great place to start. And it's the, the start of almost anything we want to do important for ourselves that's going to make mm-hmm. a difference is the, is the why. The deeper meaning is what's going to keep us from, like you said, and when we fall off, pick ourselves back up and keep going at it because we've decided it's important. And in order for people to make a change, big or small in their life, they have to decide and decide that they want to do it and they want to do something different. Otherwise, we just revert back to our current habits, our current schedules, what we're focused on now, the status quo. And so it is very, very powerful when you go through the process asking yourselves the question that Laura just mentioned, because that's where you'll get to that deeper decision of this is why I'm doing it. 
And then it's important enough to, to go to the next step and start to make a really good plan for yourself and all the, the next few things that we'll talk about. So what's next, Laura? We have a goal and we're deeply committed to this goal. And we realize that if we did it, it would make such a difference in how we feel, in our life, in our experience. How do we take that idea and create the next step that's going to get us to action? The next step is, great, how do we put it into reality? Okay, well, I'm going to be really aware and look at what are the, what we used to call in corporate, like the downstream impacts, like who, what, why, where is going to be affected by this change? And then it kind of gets back to, then you almost naturally, it almost naturally starts to help you set up a plan and to make some smaller decisions under that big decision of, oh, that means I'm saying yes to this and no to this. Or that helps me set up a priority where if I'm spending more time with my family this year, I'm going to have to find some things to take off my plate at work, in my community commitments, in my whatever, right? Yeah, it's, I like this thinking about the downstream effects. And especially when you're, when we're thinking about that and what's, what, what is this change going to impact this goal? How how is it going to be accomplished? You can also start to see where there might be some resistance from yourself or I've tried this before, but this, these are the reasons why I fell off the last time or it didn't work out, whether it's too much work came in, I didn't have time to focus on my own personal time or time with family. You can mm-hmm. start to think about this in advance and then decide how you're going to handle it before it happens. Yeah. Because in the moment, it's very, very hard to break out of that mold and say, nope, I'm not doing that if you didn't already kind of foresee it coming a little bit. Is this something that you've um, seen too on your side? Absolutely. Absolutely all the time. And I, and I think maybe another just way to think about goal setting and making changes in your life and your work is to look at it as a process. Because this isn't like a pass fail. I mean, it could be depending on what your goal is, right? Did you, did you lose the weight or not? Did you spend more time with your family or not? You could look at it like that. But I think when you set yourself up for some kind of like pass fail thing, I feel like that's just setting you up for failure instead of setting you up for success. But when you can look at it as a process, it gives you more patience. It gives you, you can look at it from the perspective of like we used to do with consulting. Like you had a phase one and a phase two and a phase three. And I think it just helps you to, Put things in the right perspective and give yourself a break and give yourself some space and grace. Make a plan for what you can make a plan for now, right? This is why I like to say quarterly plans are really helpful for, at least for my clients, for small small businesses. But I think for lots of things, it gives you something to hold on to, to see and track progress when it's Mm -hmm. big, especially. And then you can go, oh, it's the end of first quarter. We did some things the way we said. We didn't do some things the way we said. Let's look at it and adjust now that we kind of know how this might look. You have more data. Yeah, I, I have a couple questions uh, and thoughts on this, Laura. First of all, I, I love this idea too, is to kind of cut yourself some slack. Like change doesn't mm-hmm. happen overnight. Yeah. 
And if this is something that you've been wanting to do, if this is a bigger goal, it will take time. And in my experience, we are humans are bad predictors of how long something is actually going to take. And so whatever it is that you want to do, I don't think you should reduce your goal. I don't think you should reduce your expectations, but cut yourself some slack on how long it's going to take for you to get there and how messy it might look on the on the journey and and i i just wanted to to bring in that point because i heard you say Mm -hmm. to cut yourself some slack a little bit and i'm curious what what is your perspective on what came to mind while you were talking is this idea of we have this goal and that goal is often Mm -hmm. some kind of result right well, we set our goals up, we can be more successful if we focus our energy on the things, actions we can actually control and take and focus it in on instead of your result that you want might be losing 20 pounds, but measuring yourself on just the reps. What mm-hmm. I can actually do is show up at the gym every day or every other day or whatever your plan is. And I think it helps us get past this beating Mm -hmm. ourselves up because we're not seeing the result yet, but actually through the process of taking action, we're we're becoming the person who is that healthy individual that shows up at the gym every day and you will eventually lose the 20 pounds. And so what are your thoughts on that? So many things. Yes, I completely, completely 100% agree with you. And I, and I think there's a few things that come up for me around that. One is when we're putting a goal together or affecting a change or whatever, like we, we are essentially saying, I'm going to be different. I'm going to improve. This is self-improvement really, right? Like, and, and so I always like to ask my clients, like, who do you need to be in that future vision of yourself. Like, what is this future version of yourself? What is he or she or they thinking, doing, being, seeing, believing, acting? And that's not to say you are perfect just the way you are right now. And this is about stepping into more of really of your brilliance, as you say, and more of your genius and more of what you really want. And I think from the mindset perspective, that helps you on the day where you're like, I don't really want to go to the gym, right? It helps you to, yeah, but the person that I'm becoming can commit to herself, trusts herself to do what she sets out to accomplish. And then that's very different than making yourself go to the gym, right? That sort of starts to not ask yourself to go into self-discipline and, and hard work and forcing yourself. It's like, I'm actually just stepping. This is today. I don't want to go, but I'm going because I committed to myself. And that fits really good to me, even though I don't really want to go. Yeah. I also like the Mel Robbins approach on taking action. So if you don't want to do something in the moment to count backwards, five, four, three, two, one, and then just do it and just, yeah, just do it. Even if you don't want to, and to your point is you already decided, you might as well just show up for yourself and follow, complete your plan. And I think before we close out, Laura, on this topic, I'd love to just get your perspective briefly on how we can enjoy 
the journey of the process to reaching our goal and why that's important to allow ourselves to kind of actually feel fulfilled along the way and not just when we get to where we said we wanted to be. Yeah, I think that's actually maybe even the most important part of this conversation. Because if we are setting out to achieve a goal so that we can feel happy, feel free, enjoy our life, enjoy our work, feel successful, right? Prove it to other people, like whatever the reason is, even if it is a sole yes reason, right? I, I just want to enjoy my life as an example. I think that's what's under a lot of our goals. But if we set that goal for ourselves and then we decide somehow underneath that, that we don't get to have that thing or that feeling or that essence until we get there. First off, that doesn't feel very fun and empowering to me. But I think that's also how we get in our own way and don't, and, and don't enjoy the process because we're essentially saying, I need this thing in order to feel okay. I need this thing in order to enjoy my life. And the truth is, enjoying your life starts with the decision to enjoy your life. And you can actually enjoy your life more in three minutes from now than you are now if you decide, right? And yes, the external things and the goal accomplishments and all the things that come with that at the end result of these goals being accomplished absolutely help you get that feeling more. But if you don't have that from the beginning, you're just kind of missing the boat, making it realistic. But making it realistic and fun for you is the process because you're not going to be happy when you accomplish the goal if you killed yourself all day, all year to get there. That's actually not what you want. And so that just makes it more. And really, that's life. Like life is not the accomplishment of goals. Life is the process. Life is what we learn in the middle, right? And yeah. the goals are just great icing on the cake because you became who you wanted to become in the process anyway. The enjoying the process, enjoying the journey is so important to just feeling good along the way. And at the end of the day, why wouldn't you want to? I have one last thought before we start to close out. And that's really that we're talking about New Year's. We're talking about 2024 and the energy around starting fresh and having a clean slate and what I'd love for people to consider is you can choose to start fresh at any given moment, any given moment. So even if come March, you didn't do what you said you were going to do, it's okay. And guess what? You can pretend it's a new year and start over and start again and create a new plan or change, change your goal or change your mind. And I really allowed myself this year to to think about this reset and I almost feel like I'm resetting almost every single day now because we have ups and down days and it's like well tomorrow's a fresh day and it doesn't have to be wait to the end of the year to create a new set of goals you always have opportunity to shift and improve and change and start over and so I would encourage people to consider that if for whatever reason it's not coming together for you after the first or two first or second month of the year you have so much opportunity ahead of you and Laura is there any last closing thoughts you have for listeners 
or viewers on this topic of change and and being successful next year? I think what I'll leave you with is something that that you just brought up for me as you were talking, which is this question that I like to ask myself all the time, which is, what if I believed anything was possible? And I think if you believe that anything is possible, then like all the rules are out the window in the very best way, right? You don't have to, you can start your year over on May 12th, right? Like there is no rule. You can just start fresh anytime because anything is possible, right? And I think dreaming big at this time of year is great to see things, to see things that you maybe wouldn't think. And I think a lot of times when we're setting goals, we, I, I said a lot of times, like making it realistic, but that's about the, the actions that you take as you go. It's not about the goal needs to be realistic. And I encourage people to really take small action, right? Like make it realistic in the daily, weekly, monthly practice. But when you're setting that goal as the CEO of your life and your business or whatever it is that you've got your career, like thinking big, letting yourself let go of what's possible will help you set a goal that maybe you don't even think is possible. And maybe that's the point next year is to do something that you don't even know if you can do, but you're just like, start it. I don't even want to say try, because I think if you start to let go of something not being possible, then like, holy cow, look out. Everything else can change after. Absolutely. Thank you for that, Laura. I I believe in that so much. And I, I love that perspective. Where can our viewers reach you and learn more about you and your work? Yeah, thank you. I play a lot on LinkedIn and Instagram mostly, and you can find me by searching Laura Livingston Coaching in both of those places. And my website is lauralivingston.co. Thank you so much, Laura. I enjoyed this conversation so much. I always do when I speak with you. I really appreciate your perspective and your wisdom. Thank you so much for having me. As you said at the beginning, this has been a long time coming and I'm just really pleased to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you've enjoyed it, I would love for you to subscribe. If you're already a subscriber, don't forget to share the podcast with a friend. Make sure to tune in next week. Our inspiring guest, Eugenia Jordan, Chief Marketing Officer and author, is going to be here to share her inspiring story from secretary to C-suite executive and discuss her book, Unlimited, The 17 Proven Laws for Success in a Workplace Not Designed for You. I hope you have an amazing week. It's your time to shine. Bye.